right, and welcome to Unclever. Glad, glad to have you guys with us today. You, you guys doing well? Yeah. You've been good since we recorded yeah. last? I'm okay. <laughs> that was suspect. Yeah. All right. That's us. Well, we do have a special guest with us today. Uh, so, uh, like to end, this is something we've been talking about for a while. A friend of ours who is, you know, uh, some people get into professions that you don't come across every day, and this is definitely one of them. So, we thought, man, we got to have this guy on. Uh, pick his brain, talk about it a little bit, find out what it's all about, and that is Mr. Brent Wilson. Welcome, welcome, Brent. What's up, fellas? Thanks yeah, for having me on. Sorry, I should have hit the applause. Uh, <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah. there, there it is. Todd's our built-in applause. Go. You're welcome. Uh, Mr. Brent is a, I don't know how how he is a pilot. Okay. Yep. Is that is that it? Or that's what they're there, calling yeah. them these days. Okay. <laughs> kind of. Great. Are you are you like a uh, like a a journeyman plumber, but a pilot, <laughs> aerial taxi driver? <laughs> so uh, yeah, we thought, man, it'd be cool to get you on, and uh, you know, first off, right out of the gate, find out what's your call sign. That's what we're most interested in. Do you have a call sign? Kind of, sort of. It didn't really stick for a long time, but I was called toothless. For about two or three months period. <laughs> Elaborate. Yeah. That's the that's the name of the dragon on uh how to train a dragon. Oh, that's cool. Didn't know that. Yeah. Did anybody here know that but uh, Blake? Yeah. No. <laughs> never, never seen the film. But uh so how I got it is my nervous tick in the airplane when somebody's doing something stupid and like making me really nervous is I'll chew my lip. And yeah. so I just chewed my lip really hard one time when we had like a bad landing and when I did that my like lip slipped out of my teeth and I like chipped my front tooth. And so I had to like call out sick out of work the next day. So I'll yeah. go to the dentist, get that fixed. And so once my boss found out what that was all about, he uh, started calling me toothless. Okay. So. But you don't really have like a call sign that they call you in while you're in the, okay. Man, no, I'm not. That's that cool. a little disappointing. Um, when that's you're, a, when that, you're in the air, it's more about identifying the aircraft than you. Right? Yeah. Like the only, yeah. the only airplanes you'll hear with like an actual like cool call sign, like the show in the movies and stuff is like military airplanes. Yeah. That's it. We just say like tail numbers. Bummer. Yeah, it's kind of lame. I was hoping for <laughs> us to get official call signs today. If we had call signs, what would they be? <laughs> oh man! See, but see, the thing I know what mine would be what eosinophilic esophagus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that just rolls off the tongue <laughs> while you're doing a, while you're doing an aerial maneuver. <laughs> but the thing is, with call signs, is like most of it's military stuff. So like the pilots have to do something stupid and like basic training or something like that in order to get that call sign. So usually, like the call signs are an insult. Like, depending on the branch where you go. Oh, okay. So mine would be, like, Doughboy. <laughs> Something like yeah, that. Probably. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so tell us how long you've been uh, – sorry about that. Yeah, my how phone about chimed. put your phone on silent? Or I know. Forward, you'd, man. you'd think this is the first time I've done it. So so how long you been doing this? Hold on. Let me crank this lawnmower up. <laughs> huh? <laughs> um, but let's see. I've been flying professionally for three years um, but I've been around airplanes since I was, I think I took my first ride when I was four years old. So um, I've been around it for pretty much as long as I can remember. But flying professionally for three years, can mm-hmm. you can you clarify what that means? Getting paid to do it. Oh, okay. that, that's what I call it. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Now I feel stupid for asking that <laughs> hey, question. Can I ask how old you are? 23. So you've been a professional pilot since he's 20. Wow. I still got stuff going off. Did y'all hear that? I still got things dinging over here. I'm. You're popular. Right. I'll, uh. There we go. All right, I think I've taken care of it. Um, yeah, so three years. What what made you decide to get into it? 
Um, well, my dad is, they call it a private pilot. So he has a license where he can just like fly us around like small airplanes, like just take passengers, go on like fun trips, stuff like that. So he can't get paid to do it, but he can take people with him. Yeah. So um, he like put me on flight simulators and stuff when I was a kid, just to see if I enjoyed it. And then once he figured out I did, he went and got trained to where he could start taking people up again. And so he just started going rent an airplane and would take me with him when I was a yeah. little kid. So that's how I got into it. So what are you doing now? Like when you say you're flying, you're getting paid to fly. So I'm a flight instructor. So I teach people how to fly airplanes. Um, now, most of what I've been doing recently is like dealing with people like civilians, like you guys who may just come up and say like, hey, I want to learn how to fly. And then they enroll in our course and I would like pick them up from ground zero and teach them the basics. Mm. Um, but most of what I'd done before that is I would fly with active duty military pilots and like the Marines, Air Force, Navy, um, and they would come to our flight school to get their airline transport pilot rating. So I would just train them in like our little multi-engine airplane and go fly with them for a few days and then send them for a check ride where they could go to like Delta, United, all that kind of stuff. And I should clarify what a check ride is. It's like, basically it's a flight test. So like oral examination where you're like sitting down with an examiner, like getting asked questions where you just got to spout the answer off the top of your head and then you go fly like a series of maneuvers and approaches and stuff to like make sure you have the proper like monkey skills to go like to that level of flying. So. And you basically grade them on that? Yep. They pretty much just come to me. I teach them. It's like a three-part series. So there's like the first one where I basically like show them like this is the basic profile of what we want you to do. Second one's like you're starting to do it on your own. Then third one is I'm just sitting over there just watching them go. It's a pretty easy because they already have air sense. So I'm not having to like teach the basic steps in like four and a half hours. It's just like these guys already know how to fly. We got to teach them what we want them to do and then send them to the flight test. Cool. What kind of, uh, what kind of planes? Um, so the name of the two that I'm primarily flying right now, one's a Cessna 172, which is like a small single engine airplane um, that only holds four people. And then the bigger one is a Beechcraft Traveler, which has two engines, but it's still like a prop airplane. So okay. relatively speaking, still small, but a okay. little cooler. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's really cool. You know what I, I just thought about is what should we call the I, and we should have started with this. What should we call this episode? What do you think, Brent? Highway to the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought about the danger zone with Brent Wilson. What What do you think, Barn? What should we call it? I, I kind of like that because I know I know Brent. Brent's a uh, a Top Gun fanboy. Big oh, Top wow. you're, you're hitting him right in the heart by saying that. I do have a question for him though about that. Like, original Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick? Dude, Top Gun Maverick's a lot better. And, I mean, it's really not Come close. On, it's really not close, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, but you got to take into consideration, like, what, what they had to pull from in comparison to, I mean, you, basically, the original has to start out with, um, you know what I mean? It has to start out with, like, a three-touchdown lead because – it created the source material. Yeah. I, I, I'll give you I that three touchdown lead, but Maverick scored four TDs. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was all right. It was all right. <laughs> You're hurting a lot of feelings <laughs> out there right now, Blake. You're yeah. going to be half fired up over here. I think, man, people got – like it, it was good. It was really good. It, it, was, a, it was a really good movie. <laughs> there you go. That's nice review. Really good movie. Yeah, a little better. It, it just um, the I think people built it up too much for me. You know what I mean? Like, man, people have my hopes like so high going in, going in. Anyway, that's fair. But, what's 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 the what's the number two pilot movie? Number two, Hot would, Shots Part Two. 
<laughs> do you remember those no. hot shots? Do you remember hot shots? Wasn't that just like a parody of Top Gun? I, yes. I haven't seen it with Charlie Sheen. It, it was yeah. a parody. It was like a naked gun kind of thing. Oh, okay. Like yeah. it was hot shots. Anyway, they had hot shots and then they had hot shots part due. <laughs> Never heard of it either. Really? Yeah. You need to you need to find them. It's it's pretty good stuff. Have y'all ever seen a Iron Eagle? Yes. Of it? Yes. Yeah, dude, that scene where he's racing the dirt bike with like against the airplane. Yeah, I thought that was Top Gun. <laughs> I thought that was Top Gun. Was that not Top Gun? No. Where Maverick, where Tom Cruise is riding a crotch rocket, like, I mean, he does, he does. Do but Iron Eagle, there's like, I remember Iron Eagle. Yeah, I remember because uh, there was a uh, his his instructor was uh, Lewis Gossett Jr. Yep, Chappie. Yep, Chappie. How about that, dude? That's awesome. <laughs> and there, have you seen Iron Eagle? Nope. So it's basically it's about he's a teenager, right? Yeah. So uh, his dad is like a F sixteen pilot for the Air Force, and his dad apparently gets shot down overseas. And so, see, this is what's so unrealistic about that is you're never going to get some sixteen year old kid in there just whipping around fighter jets, man. Like that's well, they <laughs> they, they, they but they have but, a bunch of like they have a bunch of sixteen year olds with like skills. Like one of them's like a hacker type or whatever, and they they basically break into a military base, yes. steal a plane. In order to go rescue his dad. Yep. And he and he does it. <laughs> but across, like halfway across the world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Make, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, perfect sense. <laughs> it's a it's a movie. So that's the number two pilot <laughs> movie. That's your, your the, number two. I would, I would say that's my number two, part because of the like blatant unrealism of how yeah. that would never work. But I, I just I just ask because I don't know of any other of another one. I, I would, mine would be one. Fast Six because there's a big airplane <laughs> oh scene gosh. at the end of it. I'm thinking uh, Independence Day when that crazy guy. <laughs> Flies up in the middle of that thing. <laughs> Randy Quaid. Yeah, epic, yep. dude. Epic. Best line in that movie. <sighs> Harry Connick Jr. Nah, welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. Jr. Let's kick the tires and light the fires. Oh, yeah. That's what he says. Um, in Iron Eagle, there was actually a, a line that me and my brother used to say to each other when we were kids because it was he's getting ready to go over there. Chappie's giving him his training, and he's talking about, you know, uh, when maybe it was the fueling thing, fueling plane or something like that, and he was yeah. telling him how to how to you know recognize himself and he uh, or how to um, basically identify himself. And yeah. he's they're talking about his call sign or whatever, and he's telling him exactly what to say so they'll be they won't be suspicious. And he and he's telling him to repeat it back to him. Right. And he says something about this is a bluebird decop, and he was like, "You sound like a sixteen-year-old kid." And he was like, "Can you say it deeper?" And he goes, "This is the bluebird <laughs> decop." <laughs> anyway, that's that's a line me and my brother will still use. Like, I'll call him, he'll answer the phone, and real deep, "This is the bluebird." <laughs> anyway, that's stupid inside joke. So, uh, um, what's your end goal with? pilot stuff is this it flight instructor so i actually should be um putting in applications for airlines in the next couple of months so ultimate goal is airline pilot yeah Long, long-term delta would like to fly for them nice why why what what, what you got against they southwest got a good benefits package bro that's my guess they do like once you get to that level though like you can't really it's pretty much the consensus once you get to like the legacy carriers like united american delta like all those guys you can't really go wrong per se it's more just like a convenience and quality of life thing like all of them have pretty similar pay scales and pretty similar benefits delta okay. just has an atlanta base so that's close to here so that's why i want to go to delta gotcha america so, chicago right american chicago okay. um i think american has i think they're based out of chicago and they have a really big one in dallas okay. too i think yeah that would make sense american airlines arena is a 
I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could be wrong. So what are what are their requirements for being a commercial pilot? So, like, how, if I want to go be a commer- commercial pilot tomorrow, well, first off, can I? Yeah, you could. It would just are take you sure? Time. You could. But even at my age, I could? Oh, yeah. Dude, I've got a friend who, he was actually a financial planner in Atlanta for, like, 22 years. And then he just decided, he got enough money where he was like, hey, I just want to go fly. So, he sold his financial planning business, went mm-hmm. to, like, a fast-track flight school where he got all his ratings he needed to instruct in a period of about a year and um, he's currently flying for uh, Atlas Air Cargo on a triple uh, seven, which I know you guys don't know what that is, but really big, fancy cargo airplane. And he did all that in the spirit span of like three years, and I think he just turned fifty. So like, oh wow! So I mean, it's pretty much turned into like a second career for him, and he'll still have like a solid fifteen year career at the airlines. So, yeah, I mean, you can does, do it at, at pretty much any age. Doesn't take a lot of like air time, like hours to you, get. Yeah, so the minimum required um, flight hours for, like, air, airline transport pilot are 1,500, and there's certain little, like, subcategories of hours you got to have in that. So they call, yeah. like, cro- they call it cross-country time, which is, like, a certain amount of distance you have to fly on each flight and, like, not hours, um, hours under, they call it instrument conditions where you, like, can't see outside. You're just flying by reference to the instruments of the airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a whole lot of subsections you got to meet, but, like, the big one is the 1,500 hours total time. Hmm. So... What what am I looking at time wise before I can put them wings on? Yeah. <laughs> Man, if you went if you like dropped everything you're doing and went to a, like a really fast paced flight school, you could get everything done in six or seven months. And like go fly commercial. Um, you could get paid to fly. You wouldn't make a lot of money initially, but go to spirit. But you could go to as far as the big thing would be like getting the fifteen hundred hours. Like you could get to they call it like a commercial pilot level. Um, but you would basically be stuck flight instructing for the first like probably year because that 1500 hour requirement, like you'll end up through training with about 200 hours or so. So then you got 1300 more you got to get somehow. Um, oh, I got you. Yeah. And then, you, and that, and that's why most people do instructing. Yeah. There's instructing. There's like pipeline flying, like pipeline patrol, like surveying. There's all kinds of stuff you can do with it, but I decided to go the teaching route. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Man. I feel like I'm asking all questions. Y'all got any? Yeah, I've got one. All right. I think this is what the people want to know. Uh, <laughs> what do pilots do during the flight? I need you to give me like a good description of what the well, pilot's actually doing. It's got to depend on what you're flying, right? It does. So, for example, well, what, man, everybody what know that. I do, well, honestly, like most of what I do is I'm just like sitting over there and correcting the person on what they're doing wrong. Um, but if it's like a really good pilot, then I'm basically just sitting over there like going through my Spotify playlist, man, like just kind of letting them do all, do their thing. And I'm just like looking out the window, looking at the lake, just kind of chilling out. But if you're in like a big boy airplane, all you're doing is pushing buttons, talking on the radio, just being a systems monitor. So now there's, wow. a, there's a lot of knowledge you have to have to get to that point. But like, man, once you're there, like you're kind of chilling out. Yeah. That was kind of my question. Like on the, on the big, say I'm flying with Delta or United or whatever, how much of it is on automated? I know you said that you're kind of being like a systems manager, but yeah. Um, so this is, Kind of cool. I actually got to go to Delta's facilities, I think it was last summer, um, and I flew, it's an airplane called an MD-88, which is basically what you see Delta flying in and out of Birmingham, and I got on their simulator, and that airplane had a auto land function. So I got to watch, I got to watch that thing like land itself, and that was very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like a Tesla plane. Yeah, Blake, yeah, would, Blake would have loved it. Yeah. yeah. There's, oh, by the way. He to have to do anything By the himself, way. Ever. By the way. <laughs> on my on my way here, in, at the Quickie Hickey in Corner, Alabama, Tesla. 
really. They weren't getting gas. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they were getting the hickey. No, yeah. no, they were get, They must have been getting a cold drink. They were probably looking for an outlet. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere to plug up. But, no, seriously, they're taking over. They're taking over. Here they come. Y'all watch out. Man, it's been like that with airplanes for a long time. Like, people are already talking about uh, – on the cargo side, like them going single pilot, like removing a pilot out of the cockpit where it's just one person up there, but I don't think they'll ever be able to do that. Yeah, that's wild. Is there a automated takeoff function? Um, there's a auto throttle setting where it'll like set the power to what it needs to be by itself, but the pilots also do like the basic monkey skill of like just pulling back on the stick to get the airplane flying. But then mm. like after a certain amount of feet, I think the general rule of thumb is like 500 feet, which happens really quick in those jets. It's like you're pushing buttons, turning the autopilot on, just watching the thing go. Wow. How many like contingencies or backups are in place if something goes wrong? Because I know there's got to be like a million of them. Yeah, there's um, – now I don't know a whole lot about those like bigger jets because I haven't gotten a whole lot of time on them, but I know uh, my buddy was telling me about what he was doing. This is the same guy that flies the Atlas Air Cargo. He said there would be like seven hydraulic systems and like – certain parts of the airplane so i mean they've got like backups on backups on backups so if they if if you were to get hired say now and i'm sorry did you say you said you did have the amount of hours that you needed yeah i've got like 2500 hours okay so i've I've got what i need so if you were to get hired to fly commercial right now you um is is it essentially just you go into some sort of training for their aircraft then yeah so they would train me on that specific airplane since will be one i haven't flown before they call that top rating training so i would get trained on that airplane um provided i was successful in the training for that airplane they would move me on into like the company policy so like how Delta likes to fly that airplane, for example, just right. based on their procedures. And essentially, you're learning what, like, instrumentation, kind of, or? Um, it honestly, it'll be mostly, like, systems of the airplane. So, like, those however many hydraulic systems and how, like, the electric right. system works on it and all that stuff. Um, so, basically, be, like, just, like, once you get an airplane, like, an airplane's an airplane. Like, they're going right. to fly, like, roughly the same. It's just a matter of learning, like, the system's capabilities. I got you. So, you, yeah, it's it's stuff that you already know. It's just how do they do it. Yep. I got you. That makes sense. I know that the uh, the maintenance schedules on like big time planes, it, the 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 discrepancy from the guys who were getting paid very little to fly these planes to the Delta guys, the maintenance like all the requirements is huge difference. Yeah, like these, some guys can be leaking fuel, leaking oil, no big deal. They're flying out of Campbell's Field, right? Right. Yeah. But these big planes, dude, if, if an engine gets to a certain amount of hours that has been put on it, it could be a perfectly good engine. Replace it. Yep. And it's like that with every single part, and every bolt is torqued to a certain specification. Everything is done completely right. Yeah. Yeah, they ended up having to put a ton of regulations on that after all the stuff that happened. I think it was like the – 60s and 70s when like jets were just starting to become popular and like they were exploding every other day from just like falling out yeah people just like not really caring about the maintenance and shortcutting costs and all that stuff they ended up like really tightening down on that um so like there's still like some small discrepancies you can have on those bigger airplanes yeah um because they but they have like a certain amount of minimum equipment like if anything on this list is broken like this airplane is not flying yeah so to the people that get mad about, like, maintenance being the reason your flight's delayed, you no, pr- the, probably don't want to get mad about don't, that. Don't get mad about that because that's the reason we still get in planes from the 60s and 70s. Yep. We still get in a plane, and there's a spot covered up where there used to be an ashtray. That's what I'm talking you about. Know? So that, that leads to one of the questions that I was most interested in asking you. How hard 
would it be in today's commercial in, in commercial airline today in a commer- in on a commercial flight how hard would it be or how easy one or the other would it be for that pilot to actually crash that plane man i mean you'd re- like if it's a perfect good airplane you would really have to screw it up to for it to, to be the pilot's easily. fault i mean for, it, would it be nearly impossible for it to be the pilot's fault it kind of depends on like certain factors of the person because you know there's like fatigue and all that kind of stuff that can come into it but right. i mean i would say it would be pretty difficult to do yeah because you got somebody else that's sitting there watching yeah, your back I mean, you, making sure you're not doing something enormously stupid yeah i mean that's all and that's all it is too is like with the checklist there's like redundancy items that you're doing so i mean that's i don't know the specific numbers but i know there's a crazy amount of flights that happen just like daily in the u.s where yeah. you don't hear about anything so i mean yeah it's you, like the aviation market in the U.S. right now is definitely safer than it's ever been. Yeah, aren't birds a big deal? They can be. Yes, <laughs> that's just like an they, they, general question yeah, about they, life. They, they, uh, some people say birds aren't real. Yeah, yeah. there's aren't actually birds a billboard. Kind of a big deal. Brent begs to differ. There's a billboard in Birmingham now on a University birds aren't Bo- real. Yeah, Bo- University Boulevard that says birds aren't real. Yeah, over by the VA. Yep, that's it. Yeah, See them sitting there on the power line charging. <laughs> But yeah, in an airplane like mine, where we're like really small, like a man, those like buzzards, aka the Alabama Eagle. If like if one of those like comes in the wheelchair or something like that, like it's gonna mess your day up bad. Really, like, like really bad. Have you hit a bird? Um, yes, I hit a sparrow once, but it just turned into kind of like a little piece of mush on the wing. Well, I heard somebody reference a sparrow in a mess. So you're telling me that Randy Johnson messed a bird up. How would you know? Like if I was flying along, I was like, look at that sparrow. sparrow. Look at that sparrow. Honestly, I I wasn't sure the type of bird and our mechanic is one of the smartest people I've ever talked to. Oh, yeah. Out of curiosity, I was like. What kind of bird was that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Hey, no, what what bird was this?" And he was like, "It was a sparrow." I didn't even know they got up that high. I more ground bound. Oh, this was close to the ground. This was at like a couple hundred feet, and I just heard like a little thump, and then I looked out there, and there's like a blood splat and just some mush on the way. I was like, "Huh, how about oh, that?" What's the most scared you've been up there? Like, was there like a situation or story that stands out to you? As far as like, because there's a couple of things. There's been like something. There's been an issue where I've like dreaded something I might have to do at one point. Then there's been like an immediate fear factor. So as far as like being immediately scared, um, there was this. Uh, now the I'll say the airplanes were flying. Are, the youngest one we have is a nineteen sixty seven year model. So these things are are old. Um, so they'll have like leaking fuel caps and stuff like that all the time. So one of the airplanes I was flying, we we took off. Up. We took off and I was uh, looking at the fuel cap and it was just like gushing fuel out of there. And I was like, well, it can't go fly like that. I mean, usually when that happens, it's because, like, the cap isn't seated properly because um, there's, like, a bunch of little O-rings in there and stuff that um, if it's not seated properly, like, the fuel is just going to blow out of there. So we didn't get any higher than, like, a 1,000 feet, and I just told the guy I was flying with, I was like, hey, turn around. We're going to land this thing, and uh, I'll reseat the cap. So we got off the runway. I got him to shut the engine down on that side, and I just went out there while the airplane was still running, reseated the fuel cap, made sure it was closed, and we get back in and we go flying again. And when we took off, I didn't see anything coming out of the cap. So I was like, cool, I fixed it. Um, so... We go up to altitude. We have to do, like, all those maneuvers and stuff that I was telling you about. So we go get all that done. Um, we have to do a couple of approaches in the airport. And I think it was our third takeoff. Um, we had just rotated. So, like, we we're probably 50 feet off the ground at this point. And the speed you fly when you rotate is uh, pretty dang slow. I mean, the airplanes I'm flying, it's like 
relatively like it's about highway speeds. We were doing like 85 miles an hour whenever we took off. Yeah. Um, and this was in the multi-engine airplane. So there's a certain speed in multi-engine airplanes. It's a really big deal. That's called, uh, it's the abbreviated VMC, but it basically stands for minimum controllable airspeed. So anything under that speed, if you have an engine that quits, they say like the airplane, you aren't going to be able to use like enough flight control surfaces to be able to compensate for the thrust from the engine that's operating. So it'll basically like roll the airplane over. Yeah. And you'll when you're taking off, just in general, like if you oh, if you okay. go below that speed with an engine quit or an engine dead, then pretty much you're dead too, is what they're saying. Like on the movie speed, when they're on the bus, they got to keep it above yeah, yep, fifty five. <laughs> yeah, yep, pretty much. So it's or like, like the DeLorean, you got to get it to eighty five to go back in time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so it's like if you have one engine dead, then if you go below that speed, you're you're cooked. Gotcha. So we took off, um, and I just heard like a boom, and I like felt the airplane lurch really hard to the left. Oh wow! And uh. And unfortunately, I had a good student, so he, like, put the control surface deflections in he was supposed to. Like, he kept the airplane in a relatively straight line, but there was so much thrust from the engine that we ended up, like, flying over, like, some fuel tanks on, like, the ramp of the airport, probably, like, 100 feet over them, and we're, like, not that far off the treetops just because, like, we didn't have enough rudder and aileron and stuff, which those are what keep the airplane in a straight line. Um, we didn't have enough, like, control surface authority available to keep it over the runway. So as soon as that engine quit, like... I just happened to remember, like, that fuel tank was leaking. So I took a fuel selector, which controls uh, which tank we're running the engine off of. So I swapped a fuel selector over, and then I turned on the fuel boost pump, which, like, instantaneously gets fuel to the engine out of that tank. Um, And so whenever I swapped that stuff over, it got the engine back in about five or ten seconds. But the big deal with that was I remember I swapped the stuff over, and then I looked up at the airspeed indicator, and we were at 83 miles an hour. And the VMC speed is 80 on our airplane. So basically I was three miles an hour away from getting myself killed. So. Wow. That was. I just threw up a little bit. So that was, <laughs> that was probably like, as far as immediate fear factor, like the scaredest I've ever been was in that moment. And it was fun. It was kind of funny. Like after we got everything sorted out, cause we were supposed to go do one more approach. And the guy was like I'm really, good. really red in the face <laughs> and like looking. And he just like had his eyes were like biggest golf balls, man. He like looked it over at me. He was like, are we doing another one? And I was like, no, man, we're going back. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, we're done. I, was like, I don't want any more. Yeah. That's crazy, man. But so how, how y'all are, did it feel like you were going down? I, I mean, we definitely weren't climbing. So, <laughs> so I mean, it was like, well, I, I would imagine a lot of adrenaline's kicking in and you're not really thinking about the entire situation. You're just thinking. Yeah, like as far as like moment. what I need to, because um, you're probably not thinking about death at the point. Yeah, no, I was point. just thinking about like what I need to do to get fuel yeah. to the engine. So like I went down, swapped that stuff, or like I re- knew what the problem was as soon as it happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically you're just like thinking about what do I got to do to get this fixed? And, and then in, in any part of your training, was that like part of it? Like this killing engine, see what this guy oh, does? Oh yeah, all, all the time. Yeah. Especially in, um, once I got to where I was upgrading to the multi-engine airplanes, that was that's a really big part of uh, the flight test for that is you have to go up to altitude and you have to shut down an engine like voluntarily and turn yeah. it back on. And then you have a, they call it like a simulated single engine approach where the examiner will go up there and just pull an engine back. And then you have to go through your procedures to fix it and then land gotcha. the airplane. But you know, it's coming or yeah, do they you, do it by surprise. Um, Look, they, no they, engine. They could <laughs> do it that way, but most, most guys are cool. And they'll, like, that's tell messed you, like, up though, man. Yeah, they could. It's, I love that's kind of unnerving. Just to say, all right, cut your engine off, you know, or yeah. whatever. That's unnerving. Well, the thought of it not firing back up is what I would think. Yeah, and that, that happened to me once. You know. Whenever, whenever I shut it down, it didn't come back on, man. Really? <laughs> yeah. Sick. 
that was so that was when I was saying like dreading something I have to do. That was it. Is like we got up there and I was with a student, so I'm the instructor at this point, and I yeah. was pretty new. I'd only been instructor for a couple of months, and we went up there and shut an engine down. And there's a part on that engine that basically fires like oil up to the hub that's on the prop, and it'll turn the blades, like change the blade angle, and get it to start spinning back up. And whenever I pushed the lever up that makes that part work, the engine did nothing. It just like sat there completely still. And so I just kind of looked at it for a second, and my student was like, is that normal? I was like, uh, hang on. <laughs> so so, I, so I, I pull it back and then pushed it back up again, and it still didn't start. Holy um, so I panicked for a solid, like, five minutes. Like, I descended to an altitude where I could get cell service to try to call a mechanic and see what I could do. Um, but then I remembered you can start those things with just the starter, like the starter in your car. So I had to point the nose down and lose, like, a couple thousand feet of altitude and hold the starter. But I got the prop spin back up, and it engine came back. But you couldn't have, you couldn't have put a grease BB up my butt, man. I mean, <laughs> when, you, when you say I'm nervous, <laughs> when you say the start, you mean like popping the clutch? Is that what you're talking about? I mean, it's just like the starter on your car. Like there's a little starter on the engine of the airplane. You just engage it, start. And, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about like you just went into a nosedive and make the props <laughs> turn, the like pop the clutch, <laughs> like, yeah. like when you're going. To- <laughs> that's what that's what I pictured. Uh, it's, it's pretty similar. It's that it's that's funny. a that. Brent, are you old enough where you have had to pop a clutch? Do you, have you ever had to do that to get a? Clutch yeah, did you even know what I meant when yeah. I said pop the clutch? I kind of did, but not really. I mean, I have had to do that. He fly that airplane though, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can do that's that. All, that's I, I, right. I once drove a Ford Ranger for like two months and had to park going downhill. Downhill every yeah. time, so you yeah. pop the clutch. Every single time, so I pop that clutch. You know that it made. We know what made me think about when you're talking about getting up there in the air and turn. You know us. Patty certified scuba divers. We we have a version of that where we we would swim up behind other other scuba divers, especially those who are in training, and just reach down from above and turn their air off. Oh, okay. So imagine you're you're thirty forty feet underwater and you're breathing, and it's one of your first times to be you know scuba diving, and then all of a sudden you go to take a breath and there's nothing there. I would panic, dude. That that is worse than. Oh, for, for sure. I, I'd rather lose an but you, engine I mean, you got to see how they're going to respond, though. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> why I really enjoy doing that to students now. Like, man, <laughs> but, I, I, I mean, you're talking about shutting the air off from above? Like, So, no. So, like, say we're swimming. Okay. So and swim and I swim above oh, you, yeah. and you got your your you know your tank on your back, and I just reach down and grab your valve while you're swimming around looking at whatever, and I just turn your valve and cut your air off. I, I don't think you'd get to me. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I'd be so anxious. I'd be aware of everything around me. Well, Start you know, creeping up behind me and get punched. In the most face. people don't. Most people don't do that. But we would do it. We would do it to each other just to mess with each other. <laughs> anyway, um, that that's a uh, that's terrifying though, man. That's a terrifying story. Yeah, what? Um, so when you when you get to be a commercial pilot, like, what are the chances of you like? getting us in the cockpit and flying us to Vegas or whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> hey, man, uh, I have buddy passes. So, I mean, I can, <laughs> do they really? They do. I don't. I think it's like, I think it's a system where you have to put that person on like flight benefits for like a year or something, but I know they do have buddy passes where you can just like pretty much hook anybody up with some kind of flight to somewhere. Now, maybe like non-refs, so you're sitting standby and like hoping a seat will open up. Right. I, I know that's very much a thing is the, the right. Is it most intended for like your family and stuff? Essentially? I know, I know like once you get to that level, like they give like your spouse and immediate family members flight benefits. So I think yeah. that that's like parents and I believe siblings 
But outside of that, I think it's like you just have like a certain amount of people you can put on it in addition to like your immediate family. So if you legally adopted us, yes, <laughs> good yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of tax like benefits that. to that too. Uh, so here, here's something I was curious of what what has been not near as big a deal as what you thought it would be when you first started. Like for you know what it, I, and I don't know. In what area, whether that's with the aircraft itself or with flying itself, but what's what were you what were you thinking about going in, or maybe just as part of the training or getting you know the hours that you need or whatever? What what was something going in that you were like, man, this is going to either take forever or this is going to be a big deal. This is going to be hard to learn or this is going to be scary or whatever. And it's turned out to be honestly the flying the airplane part. Like I really thought that would be difficult for me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why, but it it's just been like as far as like what you're supposed to do in the airplane and all that stuff as far as like fly, the flying characteristics, I've been able to pick that up really well in pretty much every airplane I've jumped in. He's saying the airplane is an extension of him is what he's honestly, saying. Honestly, like... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. It probably is. It, it really is. Like, it. honestly, it gets to the point where like how you guys feel like going down the road in a car. Yeah. Like, that's what I feel like in an airplane at this point is it's just like chill. Second nature. But yeah, it's... And like, there's a lot of times I'll have to just like look down at the trees or something, and I'm like, man, I'm like five thousand feet in the air right now, like yeah. I'm like I'm flying an airplane. So. so you fly every day? Um, usually now it's like f- probably four or five days a week, but it used to be like seven. Like I mean, I would be flying like I think there was a stretch where I flew like nineteen days in a row. Whenever I was trying to like build my hours and just fly as much as I could, right? Um, so not near as much as I used to. If you flew for sixty two and a half days, Blake, that'd be fifty fifteen hundred hours. What you, Just what, go sixty two yeah. and a half days straight and get your fifteen hundred hours. You're a pilot, dude. There's people that did that in what? like the, in like the nineteen two and a half days. Do the math. What? Wait, you got to have fifteen hundred hours if you want to get where you're going, right? But you can't fly twenty four hours a day. You can't. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Th- can. There's some people that did that. It was a. Uh, you just ha- what? It was. Yeah. It was in like the nineteen fifties. It was a. Uh, there was. I think it was a company in like and like Las Vegas that they were trying to had promote. Had to be Vegas. <laughs> I, I swear. I think it was like a casino that they were trying to promote their brand. Yeah. And so they had two guys that worked in the casino. One of them was a mechanic, and one of them was a pilot. And they got in this Cessna. They put like a bunch of reserve fuel tanks and stuff in. They would do like oil changes like while that thing was flying and do and do they did there's a picture of it they did like hot refuels like over a truck there you go so they'd slow the airplane down to match the speed of the truck and they would pump fuel from the truck up into the airplane that's messed up and they flew for i think it was (laughs) that's awesome i want to say the record was like it was like 50 or 60 something straight days they were in the air but that, I mean, that's a little airplane, man. Like, that's however many days without a shower. And, like, yeah, I don't know what say, you, you do. Stank and there's no, there. there's no lavatory in that airplane either. So, like, I don't know what you're doing if you got to go to the bathroom. Like, you just. That's you know, messed up. That's yeah, a lot like, of human breath just to, like, sit around there for something. Man. And it's loud in those things, too. I don't know how they slept. <laughs> Have y'all ever operated, like, a backhoe or a. Uh, yeah. You know how you get to going on that thing and you, like, feel like you're part of it? Yeah, like a transformer. That, that's how it feels in the air. Mm. I can't dude. relate to that at all, <laughs> dude. It really is. It's a cool. It's a cool moment when you're like. Running yeah, a piece I mean, of it just take. It just takes time. Is yeah. all. Yeah. You'll yeah. be like kind of struggling, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, these are my. All arms. I'm doing is thinking. Yeah. Todd, like, you, run, you run a backhoe often? No, not often. But, but you, you have before, yeah. dude. You could fly an airplane. Then <laughs> I, I, I swear, mean, you could. If you can yeah. run heavy equipment, you can fly an airplane. Yeah, really, that's, that's the truth. Hmm. I'm That's in. cool. New career. Uh, so what? what's – okay, so here's the opposite of the question I just asked you. What's been a bigger deal than you thought? Dude, the studying. There is so much book information out there on airplanes. Yeah. And I hate studying, 
Mm-hmm. So that part has been yeah. like, that was absolutely awful. So for like, Patty certified scuba divers, the equivalent to that. <laughs> do we have a run? In, do we have a run and tally on how many yeah, times this has gotta come be, up? Gotta we got to give him some kind of punishment. Every time the, the equivalent to that would be blood, nitrogen, blood, nitrogen levels. Wait, you know what? I was going to ask you about that. Do y'all have to do anything in regards to that? Yes. There's a certain amount of hours you have to wait after a, what's the type of dives again? It's like compressed and, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I think it's. But for for you guys though, yes, there is rules on that. Oh, if you've yeah, like if, if you've like been on a scuba dive, oh, um, yeah. But I'm talking about just it doesn't affect you guys. Just going up and down. going up and down though. No, yeah, no, yeah, not really. Yeah, y'all don't deal with the pressure that we deal with. <laughs> you, like, you make me sick. Pun intended, man. Pun intended. <laughs> I didn't anyway. enjoy that. <laughs> you didn't? I did not. <laughs> All right. Well, man, I feel I feel really educated. How does your mom feel about it? <laughs> I've got a great story. question. I've got a story on that too. How, what's Lori think about you flying airplanes? So I thought this was this was kind of funny. The first flight I ever went on as an instructor, those those same airplanes that I'm flying, they used to fly over my house all the time when I was a kid. So I was like, oh man, this is gonna be cool. I'm gonna go fly over my house. Um, just like, just like they always have been, except it's going to be me in there this yeah. time. And I shut the engine down over my house because we have to do that, you know. And it was it was about five seconds that engine was shut down. And I heard a, mm, mm, and I like look down, and my phone is just going crazy <laughs> from uh, my mom texting me. And she, ta- I think it was like thirty eight text messages <laughs> I got, and then then she called me like five or six times on top of that. And it was really spotty cell service up there, so I couldn't talk to her. So when I pick up the phone to like. Tell her like, "Hey, I'm flying." Like all she could hear was like, "Get, get, get." So she thought I was up there, like on my way down, like about to die. And uh, we ended up landing. I called her, and she was like, "Never do that again. Never, like, <laughs> never fly again." Yeah. But it's been an uphill battle with her to say I the bet. least. But I she, mean, she finally, like, I know her. I know her well enough to. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah, she finally like gave in though. Like now that I'm this far along, she's <laughs> yeah. like she just forgets I do yeah. it. Honestly, she's ready for you. Get, you getting that commercial plane, right? Yeah, she, where she, you got all that she's red ready tape. For flight Buddy benefits, man. That's what she is. She's, oh, the flight she's, she's ready to be able to go to Hawaii when she wants and all that good stuff. I, as a parent, like the the amount of red tape would make me feel better. You know what I mean? Yeah. To know that okay, I got confidence in his skills, and now he's got to carry however many. Wait, how many people go? How many people fit one in my airplanes? Uh, I think it's like, man, I think they've got some that'll hold like 400 people in there now. Really? Like it's, it's there because, uh, there's one that's like, I think like Singapore Airlines flies. It's like a big double decker mm-hmm. that it'll hold like, it may be over 500 people. I'd have to look up the numbers, but it's something ridiculous. How like, long until we're playing the Super Bowl in a domed stadium <laughs> on an airplane? <laughs> think about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know what I, you know what I've never, I've never done is I've never flown first class. Not once. Me either. Really? Honestly, y'all have been in like the commercial airplanes more than I have. Like I've only flown three times on a commercial airplane in my whole life. Really? Yeah, y'all are more familiar with that than I am. He's gonna be flying one, dude. I don't <laughs> like it. I can't tell what's going on up there. I don't like not being up front. Yeah. I feel out of control. Yeah. Mm. I'm just like looking out the window, like with my eyes real big, like what's what's happening next? You know? Yeah. Like, I, I can't stand it. I uh, yeah, that's something I want to do. So, so you have you have a little bit of anxiety. Oh, very much. Okay. I cannot stand not being up there in yeah. the front, not knowing what's going on. Maybe that's just like the control freak in yeah. me. But man, it makes me nervous. Like I don't, I don't know how good those guys are up there. I mean, I know I'm good, but I don't. <laughs> it's like when you're I don't dri- know about them. You're driving and somebody's riding with you, and they're just like telling you everything you should be doing. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing. Like Holly does. That you're a backseat flyer. Yes. 
Mm. Dude, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of my dream moment that, like, one of the pilots is incapacitated. This guy passes out. So I got they're, like, they're like, who's the pilot? Who's the pilot on this airplane? And I get to raise my hand. Me. I got I this. Brent Wilson yeah. is. <laughs> Gets up there, has no idea what to do. <laughs> <laughs> None of this was in my training. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know know any what any of those buttons do yeah. up there. I'd, I'd just be like, what, 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 what are you going to do? <laughs> that that's the thing about uh, when I see pictures of like commercial cockpits, they look like like. Just intimidating. So many buttons. They're spaceships, dude. It's like, unbelievable. Like I don't even know where. Yeah, there's too many buttons. Do the pilots have their own bathroom? I think. That, yeah, they do up front. They yeah. do. That's the good life. <laughs> there's some of those airplanes that have like bunk beds. Like I have a buddy that flies for United, and he'll fly to like Tel Aviv, Israel all the time. Oh and, yeah, and there'll yeah. be like because it's such a long flight that yeah. there'll be like three or four hours where he just gets to go like take a nap, and he's getting paid for it. I'm like man, that's the dream, bro. That's Top awesome. Bunk on an airplane, it's like the highest place you could sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's true. That's true. Wow. I never thought about that. Yeah, because it would have to be just like a truck driver. You know, they have yeah. like a bed in the. Yeah, they have like multiple pilot crews, and they'll just like rotate after a certain amount of hours. So while one crew's flying, the other one's back there chilling. Sleeping. Wow! And I bet they get to eat the first class food too. Oh yeah, they get some good catering up there. I've seen some pictures. It's, Man, it's elite. Man, they'll get no flat cokes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I the first few times I ever flew was with my grandmother. She would she would take one of us like either myself or my brother or one of my first cousins, she would take one of us to visit our family in Texas every summer, and we rotated. So it was like every four years, because there were four of us, I got to go. And uh, I look forward to those Southwest. Uh, like, and you're well, peanuts. Meemaw, they'll just keep bringing me peanuts and Coke. <laughs> yeah, just as many as you want. The 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 uh they the attendants would catch on to this little chubby boy and by the time I would leave <laughs> by the time I leave I have like packs of honey roasted peanuts just like flowing out of every pocket. <laughs> well uh man, that's y'all got any more questions? Man, I'm I feel way more educated, man. I appreciate it. Like I'm I feel like I could go be a pilot now. Do it. I, I mean t- since I I've, teach de- I've dealt with a lot of pressure already, so I under Oh, Get I'm getting in as many as I possibly can. It's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, but if you want to go, hit me up. I can take you up. Really? Actually, I can. Where do you fly from? Jasper, Alabama. Oh, that's not the too heart far. of Walker County. Yeah, I'd trust Brent to fly me anywhere. Really? Yeah. Thank Are you, you just being sarcastic? No, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> How many people can you put in that? Could we do a podcast in the plane? <laughs> it would be, the, I mean, kind of difficult. The, yeah, the audio would be. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks, man. Seriously, appreciate you uh, coming by. We'll have to have you on again when we're not just drilling you about your profession. Or we should get you on. Well, yes, we do need to do this again about your profession when you uh, officially become a commercial pilot. Oh, yes. Y'all can get the scoop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring it back. Yeah, we'll run it back for sure. Yeah, once you once you get it and you have like your first few flights or whatever, then we need to. Did you know that Mark Smith, UFC referee, is a commercial pilot? I did not know that. And he was also a Thunderbird. Really? Yeah, that is. And awesome. he's a UFC referee. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's like me monster around any campfire. <laughs> well, I did fly for the Thunderbirds, and I'm a commercial <laughs> pilot. I'm a commercial pilot. I flew for Thunderbirds. Oh yeah, and I ref UFC fights for fun on the weekend. I mean, I wonder how you even get into that from 
being a Thunderbird pilot to go to a UFC referee. Like, where do those dots I, connect? Well, well, I'm just saying probably about who you know, man. It's got to be yeah. something with octagons. <laughs> yeah, shapes. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't even know what to do there except just play the outro music. So. <laughs> Drop the beat. It, Thanks again, Brent. Hey, Next man. time. James Spann or JP Dice? I flown with JP Dice, so I got to go JP. I knew Spann. it. That's yeah, my boy. Yeah. JP. Shout out JP. James Spann. James Spann's garbage. <laughs> On.